0: And welcome back to the Nesbit Connection podcast. I uh, obviously, hey, it's great to have you here, and I appreciate you, uh, you know, tuning in and listening. I, I love your support, and it's great to have it. I, I think the easiest way to explain uh, this month's podcast is I'm going to call it, what well, I've been calling it lately, the Great COVID Hangover. I, I'm just totally amazed at how. COVID has completely ruined every company that I've got to work with. It's it just, it's it ruined it in the sense of the culture The people show up for work. Obviously, the companies are, they're, you know, they're, they're profitable and whatnot. But of course, there's more to a company than profit. There's got to be some culture there. And just to kind of begin with, I'm going to share a story with you because to me, it was probably one of the greatest compliments that I ever could have received. Uh, I was working with a group last week. And after it was done, there's a gentleman there who's a really, uh, a very good guy. I, I really enjoy our conversations. And the thing is, is that he told me after that, he said, he said he went to this rather large company, and he said they were doing some training, that much like I am doing, or was doing with them, or am doing with them, whatever you want to call it. And he said, you know, there was a gentleman there who was very academic, nothing against academic, but this guy was very academic, and, and he had... um uh, you know, let's just say he, he had lost the group, and the, the group he was working with was typically blue-collar people who, who I like to refer to have a shower after work. Because I'm going to tell you, there's a world of difference of working with people who have a shower after work on the ones that take a shower before work. You cannot believe the difference. But anyway, he says, this, this guy was working with this group, and he said, you know, the easiest way to put it, he says, the group was falling asleep. But he says, Mark, he says, with, with your training and the way you speak, he said, you keep it relevant. And he said, "Because you keep it relevant, you keep us engaged." And I thought, "Hey, look you know that's one of the greatest compliments that I ever could have got." And I just want to share with you a quick story about how I do that. Um, let's face it, the industry has changed. Everything has changed. Like you know, I remember growing up watching Archie Bunker, and let's just say Archie Bunker is not that cool anymore. I still find him funny, but the thing is, is you know, let's just say I don't think Archie Bunker would be that popular today. But the easiest way to explain this is I was working with a group this week and an uh, excellent group of young leaders up there, I would say mostly all young leaders, and there was one gentleman there, I'm gonna say he might be 30. And and this guy is a rock star, at what he does. Uh, he's he's very good at what he does, and and but he's kind of like, even though he's 30, he's old school. And I'm trying to explain to this group that you know, whether we like it or not and this is the key word, whether we like it or not, we, I think, have to thank our people for showing up for work in the morning. And I think we need to tell them, hey, look, what you're doing a good job. Because let's face it, you know, you, you look at every situation where somebody's quit a job, somebody's not happy, where there's confrontation. It's typically always about feelings. Somebody's feelings are got hurt. I've had my feelings hurt. And the interesting thing is, is that some of the biggest, toughest, brawliest people you've ever seen full of tattoos and muscles and whatnot, sometimes their feelings can get hurt the easiest. So I said to this young gentleman, I said, you gotta thank them for doing that. And he, and in and, and the group, and this is really cool. I, I love when this happens. In the group, he actually started to argue with me. He said, I don't have to do that. He says, um, they get a paycheck, that's all they need. And he was pretty emotional about it. And I love working with passionate people like that. And I said, are you sure about that? He said, no. He said, they get a paycheck, they're shut for work, they're well paid. What else do they need? And I kind of thought for a minute. And the first thing I said is, look, at, you know, I'm not here to offend you, but I said, I want to use kind of an example. And he said, okay. And I said, look, please don't take it personally, but I want to use this as an example. And I said to this young gentleman, I said, are you married? He says, yeah. I, I said, you got kids? Yeah, I got a couple of kids, a couple of boys. she's really proud of these boys, and rightfully so. I said, so let me just ask you this question. I said, the, the day you got married, did you tell your wife that you loved her? And he said, well, well yeah, and he kind of wondered what I was talking about. And I said, have you told her since? And he said, well, yeah, I, I tell her all the time. So then I kind of got excited. I said, well, why would you do that? I said, you bring home a paycheck. You don't need to. You told her once. Why would you tell her again? And you have no idea how that got the room's attention. You know, something as simple as that, you know, it, it's, it's relevant, right? And that's kind of like how I like working with groups. And I love working with some of these smaller to mid sized companies because, boy, you can make a difference with them. You really can. So, like I say, that's, you know, I, I got a compliment. but And, and there's just an example of how I like to do it. Sometimes I'm maybe a little more, will say, outspoken than some leadership people when it comes to uh, leadership and companies and whatnot and cultures, that's all right. I I, I I, like to pride myself on calling a spade a spade. And right now, in Canada in particular, we have what I call the great COVID hangover. It, it's incredible to see how people aren't showing up for work and, and, and nobody wants to work. I was with a group, I guess, two weeks ago, And the gentleman said to me, Mark, he said, we hired five new people the other morning. They came in. He said, five of them came in. He said, four of them left by noon. And he said, the other young gentleman that stuck around didn't know how to hold a broom to sweep the floor. He was trying to sweep the floor by holding onto the broom with one hand. So like that, that's real. Some of the other leadership people are going to tell you that, oh, you don't see that. That's fine. But in the industries that I work with... It's a disaster. It's an absolute disaster trying to get people. It's not uncommon to see a sign up saying, I drove by, I actually put a picture on Instagram the other day. I drove by this place and I had a sign up at the gate, $1,500 signing bonus. You know, I'm gonna tell you in Canada, in the blue collar industry in particular, it is an absolute disaster. There's no people. I'll tell you one even better than that. I had a Zoom call the other day uh, for those of you who don't know, I actually, uh, this is actually somewhat funny. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm deaf. I've shared that before. I have a really hard time hearing, and uh, please, if you're working construction instruction around loud noise, wear hearing protection, okay? So I'm on this Zoom call the other day with this lady, because I'm going in for a cochlear implant, and, and she told me, she said, you know, Mark, she says, you, you're, she says, because you're so deaf, we've got you at the top of the list. I, that's the first time I ever made it to the top of the list. I didn't realize it, too, because I was so deaf. But what we're trying to determine when the, the, the operation day to be, I've been put off now, I guess, for nine months to get this operation. And uh, the, so I said, Look, what, what seems to be the problem is we have no staff. She says, There's no OR staff. We can't, we can't operate because there's no people. So it's not just the blue collar industry. And I got to tell you, from what I've seen, because I've got, we we'll say, some family that work with medic, you know, in the, in the health industry, it's not that there isn't enough money everything rises and falls on leadership. You know, it's time for some heads to start rolling and fix up this mess. It's like, that's the only way to fix it, I'm sorry. And the thing is, you get to see companies sometimes and it's much the same way. You know, why aren't we attracting people? And then we get some good people in there, and of course, because of their, maybe their feelings got hurt, you know, that they left. And not only that, as I see it all the time, or maybe we don't spend enough time training them. You know, let's put it this way. If you get some young lad that comes in, who doesn't know how to hold a broom do you think he knows how to do anything else absolutely not so we have to do our best to train them and i you know i'm a very very firm believer today in, in the construction industry in particular we need a full-time trainer at a company somebody that just trains people success leaves clues i worked for Kiwit. believe it or not i worked for peter Kiwit when i was 17 i had to lie to get on the job and one of the first people that I met on this job was, I'll never forget. His name was Gaetan Colombe. Gaetan Colombe was a gentleman. I, did, I had a lot of respect for him. He was one of these old time guys that drove around the job, chewing Copenhagen tobacco, and he usually had a big mess going down his chin. But Gaetan took time for me and Gaetan was an equipment trainer. And I'd be loading trucks in Gaetan and say, Mark, you know, if we didn't back up so far, you know, you'd be a lot quicker. And the thing is that Peter Keywood is one of the top construction companies in the world. Success leaves clues. So I just want to share that with you. And and one of the things that I see is a couple of things, but one of the things I think is really um, prominent here, people do what people see. In Canada, I I love picking on politicians because they're such easy picking. There's such low-hanging fruit there that it's easy to do. But I love picking on politicians. Our fearless leader in Canada has decided that there's not going to be any more meetings in House of Commons, that everybody's just going to work from home, I think, for another year. So when you hear that on the news, okay, that that the leaders of the country, the ones making decisions, are just going to work from home and work in their pajamas, does that give you any kind of an incentive to go to work? You know, again, I was with a group a week or so ago, and we were talking about how dire the situation is. And I flat out said to the group I said, up, forgive me if you know if, I, if this is a political bent, but I says, we have to have a leader in this country that literally has to stand up like Winston Churchill did in the Second World War, and I think it was the Second World War. He said, you know, um, the, the the company the, the the country needs you, and we literally need a leader in Canada, I guess for North America for that you know for that matter, somebody to stand up and say, look, the country needs you. You know, industry needs you, you know, the, the, the food industry needs you. If you can work and if you are able-bodied, we need you to come to work. And I said that to this group, and they agreed. But you know what's funny? One of the people in the group says, but you know, pro problem with that is, Mark, he says there isn't a government leader anymore that people would listen to. And I thought, "Whoa, that's a kind of a, it's true, isn't it? I, I know that we've got government leaders in, in Canada says so if they told me to do something, I'd probably I wouldn't listen. I'm sorry, I just wouldn't. So like I say, it's one of those things that you know it's, COVID has' it's ruined a lot of companies. And one of the things that I have seen more than anything is that everybody stopped meeting. Everybody stopped training. You know, you don't get to see anybody anymore. You don't get to talk to them anymore. You don't get to, you don't get to bring them up on what, you know, what's actually going on in the company. I, I'm really lucky I get to work with this one. I think he's a fabulous leader. And, and as soon as COVID began, I suggested to him, I said, you know, I think w- what you need to do since you can't get together as your people, I said, what's wrong with sending that out like a little short video, get to selfie, get your, uh, you know, and, and, and he's been doing that ever since. You know, he was doing it weekly when the lockdowns were on. Now I think he still does it once a month. little short video, sends it out to the entire company. Look at this, is what we're going doing. You know, these are the jobs we're getting. Not everybody watches it. That's all right. You're never going to get everybody watching. But he's making an honest, sincere effort to communicate with this company. And it really doesn't get any better than that. You know, so like I said, there's one example how to do it. But, you know, if you know anybody, and I'm I'm somewhat aware of this because I've had, you know, we'll say some experience with it, but if you know anybody, um, let's just say whoever been to a 12-step program, let's just say quitting drinking, for example, they they attend meetings regularly. And, you know, again, I'm somewhat experienced with this. And they say that, hey, you go in there and and you get to talk about problems with people and you go home and you feel better. Okay. It, It saves people's lives. You know, it literally saves people's lives. And not only that, is if you talk to somebody who, say, had a long period of sobriety, you say, hey, look, you know, I thought you were, quit you quit drinking. And they said, yeah, I did. Well, what happened? Why, what made you start again? And the first thing they tell you is, I stopped going to meetings. So it's amazing, and, and, and this is not saying anything negative or something, but it's amazing to see what leaders can learn from a bunch of drunks. I, I'm sorry, I'm just throwing it out there. Leaders can learn a lot from a bunch of drunks. And the thing, and that's not, I, I have a lot of respect for these people at these meetings. I'm not saying anything negative. So I want to make sure that's true. But the thing is, is that, you know, we see it all the time. You know, we see it all the time where you're not allowed in, nobody wants to talk to anybody. Uh, I, I know this one person in particular, let's just say I know them quite well, <clears throat> again, in the healthcare, uh, openly says that uh, for the last couple of years, the senior leader of the department that they work in, hides in their office all day only comes out when there's a problem because of fear of COVID. Meanwhile, this department is just, it's it's a, from what I understand, just an absolute gong show. Uh, People are just, they're fed up, they're tired, and, and, but the leader, you know, they're hiding in their office. I I do, I think, some of my best thinking when I go for a run. You know, the one that's funny because I was, went for a run one time and i seen a politician knocking on doors and Uh, You know, let's just say they wanted to talk to me and I I, I don't think I told this politician what they're expecting to hear. But the the interesting point is, is that, again, picking on politicians is low-hanging fruit. As poor of leaders as they are, when it comes to election time, they don't sit behind their desk. They get out and knock on doors and they kiss the babies and they flip the pancakes and they're out meeting the people. And I'm going to tell you, as leaders, we need to do the same thing. Our people want to see us. And, and I'll tell you, and better than not. I was at a place the other day, and there's a gentleman there, and this guy, again, very outspoken. I love these outspoken people. He says, you know, Mark, he said the owner of the company drove through the yard the other day, first time in four months. And you know something? He never talked to anybody. And you could tell that that really burned him you could tell that that really burned him. So again, I'm not, I don't know what's the reason behind it, but I'm just saying people see that. And not only that is that I get to hear it all the time because I get to work with boots on the ground, okay? And, and they say, you know, Mark, he says, sometimes one guy said to me the other day, he says, you know, he says, I know that I can do 10 of these a day. He says, meanwhile, there's a guy in the office that never comes out and he's telling me that I can do 15 a day. Like, what is that? He, he doesn't know, I'm the, I'm the guy on the ground. Now i'm one for trying to increase production if we can increase production by all means but you can always ask it. and one of my favorite questions is you know if you were me what would you do differently you know what's wrong with doing that you know like it's a simple question but i just think that you know we lose credibility with our people you know because of our actions you know, another example i've had a busy week tell you the truth on monday I worked with five different companies on Monday. Today's Friday, Friday morning. And the only reason I actually have time to do this podcast is my Friday morning session got postponed until next week with this one company. But on Monday, I worked with five different companies. Tuesday, I started at 7 in the morning with my first Zoom call and I finished. I did did an on-site session and then I did a Zoom training. I finished at 8.45 Tuesday night. So I'm telling you, I get to talk to a lot of people. I get to listen to a lot of people. So I'm somewhat knowledgeable on what people are saying. I went to a job site the other day, and this young gentleman there, a fine young gentleman. I—I uh, I, When I seen him, I thought, my God, you know, any company would die to have this young guy. He's just so passionate about what he does, and he's professional, and he's just everything you want. Like, he, let's just say he does more than fog up a mirror. And some companies, they hire people that can just fog up a mirror. This guy's not like that. This guy, I'm telling you, he's a future rock star. I think he's like 26, 27 he said, Mark, they send me people, and he said that they're, you know, I, I want to, I'm trying to remember the exact word he said, but more or less inadequate people. And he mentioned how um, they sent about somebody, a good example was to do uh, flagging. And he said, This person showed up with a job, and he said, Seven o'clock in the morning, I got to block the road, I have to do a job. This person is supposed to be good at flagging. He, he said, It was terrible. He said, It was just absolutely terrible. And I said, oh, what do you mean by that? And he just mentioned something, something very simple. He says, well, when you're a flagger, you can't pass, stand past that line. And the first thing they did is they stood past that line. He says, the Ministry of, of um, Labour shows up. He said, I'm the one that gets fined. He said, I haven't got time to try and flaggers. He said, I I'm supposed to open up or dig up this road to, to, today. I haven't got time for that. So just, it's interesting. So coincidentally, I just happened to bump into, I guess it'd be his boss uh, the next day. And I just said to him, "Hey, look, you know, for what it's worth, uh, this young gentleman—he uh, you know, expressed some concern that maybe the people, you know, you're sending aren't trained. And let's just say this senior leader uh, just—he—he—he he, he wanted no part of it, didn't want to hear it. And you see, that's dangerous. You know, when we don't listen to our people, whether they're right, wrong, or different, when we don't listen to them, that's his opinion. I can't change his opinion." And if he thinks these people that he's getting are, are substandard, well, who am I to say he's not? Now, I had a good talk with him and I explained to him how, you know, we typically, and this is the truth, we typically uh, judge other people on our skills. So if I'm really good at something and somebody comes out and they're not as good as me, well, then I'll typically be critical of them because they're not as good as me, and I explained all that to him, and I went through a few other things with him, and, 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 and sure enough, he he you know I think he had a pretty good grasp on it, but, but the thing is is that when, when your leader doesn't listen to you, uh, that, that can be pretty dangerous. That can be pretty dangerous. You know, if people are talking. They 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 don't. You know, not everybody talks for no reason. So I think that's one of the things we need to you know certainly be aware of because it can happen in a hurry. And, and let's say, pe- our people need to see us. They need to see us more than ever. You know, and if, so I'm working with this other company, I'm, st- I, I'm actually starting next Thursday. Uh, we're, we're doing a group session, and it's interesting, as I was talking to the owner of the company, we were discussing, you know, I'm supposed to work with two young gentlemen of this one company, and I said, you know, maybe it might be a good idea to work with, uh, with, with everybody. And he, oh, we haven't got time. We've got to shut down the jobs. And, he said, and I said, how are the jobs going? And he said, well, he says, you know, we're behind because, because of different situations. And I said, like, you know, and I respect this guy. Very, very smart man. This guy's been in the industry close to 30 years. And I said to him, you know, sometimes, you know, we need to take the time to sharpen the saw. And the thing is, and he, he, he got that. And, and I pride myself on being flexible you have no idea sometimes how flexible i can be with companies so i just said to him look at if that's an issue why don't we do it like on thursday night you know let's do a training session from four to six or four to seven you know five to seven whatever we want bring in some pizza get the guys here he says you know i think that might work he said i think that might work i said well maybe we should kind of work on that and he bought into that and there's nothing more powerful than getting the people together and, and explaining what the game's all about, how, what a win looks like. That there are people that don't even know what a win is, looks like. And I'll give you one another example. I'm at a place the other day, this young gentleman, he since the last time I saw him, he actually got a promotion. And, and he deserves a promotion, uh, he really does. He's a hard worker, very smart, uh, and the thing is he's very quiet. And, and that's you know, I, have, I have trouble with him sometimes, especially working in a group, because he won't talk. So he told me about this new position. I said, when did you get the new position? He said, uh, they promoted me actually in January, the first of the year. I said, that's absolutely beautiful. I, I said, but let me ask you. I said, um, do you know what's expected of you? Like, did they tell you, you know, now that you're in this new position, what's expected of you, How you're know, what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to act? Uh, he said, no, he said, believe it or not, I got a meeting with them this week we're at the end of august he got promoted in january and and that is so typical that is so typical i work with another guy the other day and from what i understand excellent shovel operator this guy was an excellent shovel operator he was such a good shovel operator they gave him a farmer's position so i kind of said to him i said you know from what i hear you're an excellent shovel operator he said yeah you know it's already been a seat time and whatnot and i said so, so now that you're in this leadership position, what tools have you been given to be a leader? He said, none. And, and I see that all the time, where we take somebody that's really good at what they do, you know, and, and put them in a position, you know, managing people, at, at some sort of leading people, and guess what, they fail. And the funny thing is, is if you're a shovel operator, if the ground is hard, what do you do? You hit it harder. You just keep hitting it harder and harder till the ground breaks. Well, you take that same mentality with your people, and guess what? It's not going to work. And this, and, and I'm a free firm believer that you look at a a, a road building company, a pipe, a, a company that does sewer and water, I, I really believe the shovel operators, uh, you know, can be the best foreman. And I believe in a quarry situation, a loader operator can be you know, excellent foreman, because these operators these people who are very highly skilled they're all over the job site and they get to watch everything while they're doing it and they're usually so full of ideas and so full of wisdom you know again if we just stop and ask them hey look if you were me what would you do differently yeah and, and sometimes they're just they just want to talk they just want to talk and and we gotta spend time with them uh, I, I was at a site uh, but I don't know it was probably three weeks ago now and um, we're actually doing a post on this uh, the, the the girls are doing a, a, a social media post you'll see it here in the next couple of weeks i got to meet a young gentleman named thomas thomas worked for for Arrow crushing i can say that thomas is a great guy he works for Arrow crushing i got to meet him i went to one of Arrow's sites because i do work with their leaders on site i'm on an arrow site and i meet thomas Thomas just, he's only been in the crushing business a little while. And I said, hey, look, at, you know, Thomas, what's your past experience? He said, oh, he said, I work on a farm. Very interesting guy. He said he worked on a dairy farm that milked 1,000 cattle. That's a big farm. And I'd love to see it because I love farming. But I said, you know, what experience do you have on crushers? And he said, well, not really a whole lot. And he said, I'm still learning. And I kid you not, there was a, if you ever go near a ready next plant, sometimes they make, uh, you know, square concrete blocks uh, with the extra concrete. There was one of them beside the plant, beside the tool trailer, actually, beside the plant. I sat there most of the morning with, with Thomas. Now, you know, obviously, you know, he had to come and go because he had a job to do. But I sat there most of the morning beside Thomas. And, you know, we had a great chat. You know, you've you've got no idea sometimes, just sitting and spending the time with somebody. You know, and I explained to him, hey, look, you know, crushing, it's a a good career. You get into crushing, you know, you become a millwright, you become a welder, you're a hydraulic expert, you're you're an electrician, you you know, you're an equipment operator. You you can't believe the skills you get working on a crusher. And I shared this with him, and I kind of showed him what to look for and what not to look for. And and I just took the time, because I can remember how when I first got in the business, some of my first leaders would literally come in the yard, and I would get in the vehicle with them, and we would just sit there and talk. Sometimes talk for two hours, and I don't even know what the conversations were about. I couldn't remember them. But I'm going to tell you, when I got done with them, I knew that I was wiser. I knew where I was going. I knew who was expected of me, and it, and I call it just seat time. You can't get over how much you can learn, you know, mentoring somebody in the seat of an F-150 pickup truck. You just can't. It's, it's unbelievable. And again, we need to take the time to do this. And this is as part of this COVID hangover. You know, everybody's afraid of. You know, it, 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 I, it, I'm beyond it. I'm beyond it. I went for a run last night. Maybe I'm not. At, my wife would give me trouble if I said this. I went for a run last night. Okay, in in in, in Canada where I live, and I can't. I can't believe what I saw. I actually want to circle on the block so I could see it again. There was a gentleman outside at his house cutting his grass. I thought that was beautiful. It's nice to see people cutting the grass. Safety glasses on, gloves, work boots, and an N95 mask cutting his grass outside. So there are people who are afraid of COVID. And I get that. And that's your thing. If he's that worried, you know, God bless him. But the thing is, is there are still some people afraid of that. But there's others that aren't. And you got to remember, you got to feed the hungry. And there are some people out there that are really hungry. They need your help and they need your attention, and I'm going to tell you, if you don't give it to them, they're going to go somewhere else where they get it. Thank you so much for turning into this podcast. I I appreciate your support. Obviously, you know, click the follow button, and and please rate us, because the more ratings we get, of course, the more people get to listen. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you.